Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Kindness and Happiness Connection podcast. We're so happy to have you join us on a weekly basis, where our goal is to share tips, insights, and practical guidance to help you grow and prosper. Good afternoon, everyone. We'd like to welcome you out to another wonderful episode of the Kindness and Happiness Connection podcast. I'm Randy McNeely, the Kindness Giver. I'm here with my wonderful partner, Dr. Elia Gorgoras, the Happiness Doctor. And we have the privilege of having with us today the amazing Elaine Jacques. Did I say that right, Elaine? <laughs> really close. Really close. You, you gave it a little more French than it needed to be. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Elaine is a wonderful coach, and I'm going to let her introduce herself to you. First of all, let me welcome you as well. We're, we've been waiting for this. Like, we've been counting the days until you came on board. We, no, seriously, Randy and I have been talking about having you on our show, Elaine, for weeks now. Oh. I know how busy you are, so we're grateful that you're on the show. So tell us a little bit about yourself and introduce yourself to our audience. Well, thank you, gentlemen. That's very, very kind of you. So that's apparently why my ears have been tingling as you guys have been talking about me. <laughs> for weeks. I'm talking weeks, not days. <laughs> thank you for the really kind invitation. It, it's, it's very touching and humbling to me. So thank you so much for having me on your show today. So I am a dual career person. Um, my third career is I'm a medical speech language pathologist working in acute care hospitals with adults. And then my fourth career is I'm a leadership presence and leadership development coach. So those are the things that occupy a fair amount of my time currently. Let's jump right into a couple thoughts here. First of all, would you share with us why kindness and happiness? Because this is the kindness and happiness connection. So we, we need to, to get this out up front. Why are <laughs> kindness and happiness important to you, Elaine? I love this and I love the focus of your guys' show. I think it's really wonderful. And, and I think for starters, I think there should be more kindness and happiness. I truly believe that kindness and happiness both are choices that we make. We can decide to have both in our lives or we can decide not to have both in our lives. And it doesn't matter how much money, it doesn't matter how many possessions, anything like that. You can choose to be happy and you can choose to be kind in any circumstance. And I think our world is a much better place when that choice is made. You speak our language, I, that's my motto, happiness is a choice, but it does take work. And mm -hmm. consciously choosing to be kind, like a kindness giver himself preaches from the mountaintop every day. That <laughs> it, it is a choice, but it's a choice that we can make every single day. And if we have an off day or a day that we didn't really practice kindness, tomorrow is a new day, we can make that choice again. Absolutely. With that in mind, you're very unique in the way that you coach. I'm looking at this. It says, what does you plus 1% today mean? That's I'm very you have curious that. about that because I'm <laughs> looking at that. What does that mean? Like you plus 1%, what is that? Well, for me, that's both my tagline and my philosophy on life. It comes from the Kaizen principle of continuous improvement, which comes out of Japan, which is saying, what's that one thing you can do today? Not tomorrow, not the someday that never shows up on your calendar, but what's the one thing that you can do today to become, and this is the other part of my tagline, become your even more amazing you. I like to focus on just saying there's always something that we can do. 
there's never a moment where there's just nothing you can do. You can either change your mindset about something, which is always something you can do, or there's a step that you can take. I like to relate a story where if someone gets on a call with me, I'm very likely to say, okay, by the end of this call, you're going to pick an action step. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter, you know, how big of a step it is. You're going to take a step because if you're going to interface with me, you're going to move forward with your life. Even if I never work with you, if you're not one of my coaches, you're going to move forward. So I actually had an experience where I was speaking to a gentleman and he was kind of interested in coaching and everything. And I said, okay, so what's one thing you're going to do before you go to sleep tonight? And he goes, oh, well, you know, maybe tomorrow. I said, no, no, no. You You didn't understand what I just said. Before (laughs) you go to sleep, you must do an action step. And he was really stunned and he actually had a really hard time with that because he had been thinking more in terms of, oh, someday it'd be nice to. And I said, no, 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 it starts today. And breaking that loose, that sense of, oh, well, I have to do this before I can do this. And then I want to become this, but then I have to do this first. And you get stuck in that chicken and the egg kind of a thing. And I like to say, okay, let's, let's take the pebble out in front of the big boulder and let's get things moving. Even if it's really slow, let's get things moving and let's do it today because why not? You know what? I love that. And you know, one of the things that I share when I speak about this specific subject, I share this is if you make a 1% change today and then you project that for 365 days, I promise you, you're going to be in such a different place just by making one thing and then you consistently apply that for the next year. A year no wonder I now, like you, Elliot. Yes, <laughs> no, no, but it, it actually makes sense if you think about it. Uh, we're not saying about making one change today just for today. I'm saying make that change and project it for a, a year from now and you'll see where you'll be. And when you break it down for people like that, they're like, I think I can do that. Yeah. A live example of that is a little switch on a train track. Mm train can be going down the track somebody pulls that little tiny switch and it can go into a different trajectory and end up in a totally different place our lives can do the same thing if we're planning the steps that we're going to take and we take those small incremental steps just like Elio was saying you know we can end up in a totally much better place than we are now in a year from now by being willing to take those daily steps so love that Love and, and by the way, not just a year, if you, if you create a new habit in essence, because that's not what the 1% is, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't last for a year. If, if it's a healthy habit, both for your physical or emotional or mental or spiritual health, project it for the rest of your life. What a difference that switch in the train, just like Randy just talked about, will make for the rest of your life. Absolutely. You know, before the yeah. pandemic, mm-hmm. I used to walk three days a week because I'm getting older and I had to move and exercise. And it was more like I have to do it because I got to move. But since the pandemic, because the stress level has risen to such a degree, I made a, a conscious choice to walk every single day, seven days a week, 30 days out of the month. And I've been doing that since March. And now it's something that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I promised my wife, I'm like, you know what? When the pandemic is over, I make a commitment to myself as part of my self-care in essence. Yeah. I will do this the rest of my life. So in other words, this isn't going to last us for a year. And I can't tell you how much better I feel. It's a, it's a small adjustment, honestly, but I've made it a priority. So that's an example of that 1%. I mean, Absolutely. I'm not going to become a triathlete or anything, but I think health-wise, I've already seen what a difference it's made, not just physically, but actually mentally. Yeah. So that's an example of that, what you were talking about. Okay, that's let me ask you the next question. What is the hashtag BEMA? B-E-M-A. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what that is. And why is that important? So can you explain that to us? Absolutely. So kind of touched on it just a little bit already because I, you know, like to talk about my whole thing, but BEMA has become even more amazing. And it's my way to indicate to people that I truly believe you're already amazing. 
you haven't just popped onto my horizon as a little egg who's never cracked open and never experienced anything. You know, you've already done amazing things with your life. And then if you so choose, and if I can be of help to you, then together we can work together to help you become even more amazing. I so want to give I you like, a hug over, the, over the, the, the Zoom call right now. You just like, you speak Randy's and I language so much, it's uncanny. Like I, because I don't know you very well. I mean, I've seen your post and I follow that, but just your presence, your essence is more than that. And, and the joy in your smile and, and your warmth and uh, just what you're sharing is, is so beautiful, seriously. I mean, <laughs> Randy and I are giving a big hug over the, over the, if we could. <laughs> this is, uh, Elaine elicits the same feeling that we got when we interviewed Nicole Jones. Yes. Same yeah. kind of happiness, same kind of bright light. Your smile lights up the room. And Rachel Beck, same type yes. of thing. Yeah. People, and we love interviewing people who light up the room. <laughs> Sydney Jones, another great guy. All these wonderful people. We've had so many wonderful guests who light up the room, but it's amazing how you just start talking. You have such enthusiasm and such a desire to lift and build and help people. It's fantastic. It's contagious. Yeah. Now we're both, no, like, both Edie and I are all excited. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like, we're, we're blessed to have you on our show. Like, this is like, it's, it's seriously. And, we, and I feel like this way about pretty much every guest because we. You know, we do our due diligence when we invite people. It's not like random. We pick people that we feel like will resonate with our audience about kindness and happiness. And Randy, I feel so blessed to be doing this with you and having such amazing people like Elaine on the show. Anyway, we digressed a little bit, but I just have to say it because it comes through the screen. I don't know how to explain it. But I was going to say one other thing. I mean, like Julie Haruska last week. Ruska, Ruska, I, I, the H is silent. Just like Elaine, again, just this light up the room countenance you're awesome elaine we're so glad oh, you're right. here you. take the next question I'm very humble Let, let's, to be let's included get... in so many amazing people that you named so. <laughs> well let's get to the next one so what's an important event that has shaped who you have become today that's a fantastic question i would say i'm going to reach back to something that i chose to do when i was 18 and that was I chose to go to the other side of the planet and teach English as a foreign language um, in Taiwan. And I was at the southern end of the island. And that was, of course, a huge step because this was back in the dark ages when, you know, there was no email and no cell phones. <laughs> so my mother was a little perturbed that, you know, her 18-year-old daughter decided to go somewhere that she didn't know anybody and do this thing. Uh, so, but it was a very powerful experience for me to really open my eyes to there are so many beautiful people and cultures and languages and just and foods that we probably in the United States don't have our minds open to because we go on these little vacations and that's great and that's wonderful and I highly encourage people to travel if they can but to go and really experience being in another culture and having the mindset open to there are really good things about a lot of other places on the planet and they're really not so good things about a lot of places on the planet including where we live and to remain open to there are beautiful people everywhere and you just have to go and get to know them and that's a lot of fun so I I came back I will end on this little anecdote but I came back and my mom said to me she goes Elaine I feel like part of your heart is Chinese now and I said to my mom I said I hope it is because there are really, really amazing things about the Chinese culture that 
um, have really touched my life. And then I've had the beautiful opportunity to travel other places. But I always like to say, I hope that my heart is a little bit everywhere I've ever been. And I love that. Uh, Randy lived in England. I'm Greek. I was born and raised in Greece. And, and we travel a lot with my wife and the family. And when we raised our kids, we raised them to be world citizens because there's beauty. And I'd rather have experiences basically as a family than buy things because the culture, the architecture, the food, the language, the way of life in, in different places. And, I, and our kids love to travel and, and to be there. So we raised them. I mean, they're adults now, but, you know, world citizens. Yeah. And I'll tell you something wise that my, my late father said to me when we first moved to the United States. And there are great things about Greece. Basically, he said, look. There are things that we have in Greece that America will not have in a hundred years because we're an ancient culture, we'll go back 25, you know, 3,000 years. However, he said, there are things that America has that Greece will not have for a thousand years. <laughs> so his ending statement was, he says, my, our, to both my brother, and he says, take the best of both worlds. So there's great things in, in China, there are great things in Taiwan, the great things in England, the great things in India, great things in Greece too. And there are other things that are not so good. So take the best of what which culture has to bring and you'll be enriched because that's what life is about and it will make you happier, no question about it. Absolutely. What a great story this is. Wow. You know, I, I had the blessing and opportunity of, of living in Argentina for nearly two years. Oh, that's right. And, and living in England for three and a half years taking a trip over into France and to Italy and Germany and everywhere I went, I, I met wonderful people, wonderful right. people. We, we were in Germany in this one little town one night and this amazing couple, we were able to stay in this beautiful little bungalow with, with us. I mean, there were seven of us and they weren't used to seeing that many people, you know, with, you know, we had four kids and me and my brother and my wife. And, but this sweet lady, she invited us to come to breakfast the next day. We weren't in a position to do that, but just think about how friendly is that? I mean, she had just met us for crying out loud, but she invited us to come to her home, was offering to make breakfast and everything. And to this day, I regret that we didn't have time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me take the next question. This is great. Um, you talk about something you call the legacy phase. Can you explain what that is and why is that important? What is, what is the legacy phase? So the legacy phase is, is a time of, of life uh, <laughs> where, where typically people reach a fork in the road. You know, obviously it's stereotypically ascribed to men more, more commonly than women, but it's not true that it's only with men. But it's the time where you switch from focusing on how can I be more successful and climb the ladder and get the bigger title and paycheck and all of those things to how can I leave my part of the planet a better place, i.e. your legacy? So there are stereotypically for men, you know, two routes that they take. Either they pitch off the track and we have a midlife crisis and all of the things that that includes. <laughs> Don't do it, Randy. Um, <laughs> and, or, or we go down the path of, okay, what's that big thing that I want to do to leave my footprint on the planet, to leave my legacy behind so that my kids can look at that big building or look at that orphanage somewhere or whatever it is and say, wow, my dad did that. Or, you know, to be more gender non-specific, you know, my mom did that, that amazing thing that left her, his or her legacy behind. And I love that phase. And working with people who are in that phase because it's it's such a beautiful thing to be able to see someone go from okay I'm focused on me and what I can do and how I can make my company or whatever and and just opening that up and saying when you get to that proverbial on the porch with the rocking chair phase and you're looking back over your life you can actually smile and be like I did that 
And wow. I'm really you know what? I just realized that I've been in my legacy phase for the last 15 years, more or less, <laughs> not even knowing it. But I have worked with so many people that I have had midlife crisis. And, and my message, even in my book, Seven Fast Lasting Happiness, has been, can we have a, self, uh, a midlife reflection Mm. before we get to the crisis pause think about what you want your legacy to be not to use your words basically mm -hmm. because when you have a midlife crisis a lot of terrible things happen i'd rather pause before that happens and reflect and say how do i want maybe the second half of my career even you know maybe i'm in my 40s how do i want the last 20 25 years of my life to be like you said self-centered or other centered in raising others i love that can i borrow that I mean, i'll give you credit every time i say it now i have a name that actually describes that aspect of life and that's really good yeah. thank you that is very profound and one of the things that is beautiful about that is it reminds me of stephen covey's you know begin with the end in mind right. you know, he says that begin with the end in mind and people will ask me well what do you hope to leave behind when you go and i say the biggest thing for me if somebody goes to my gravestone and sees the words he went about doing good that will be good enough for me i want to be remembered for having done good, for having made a difference for good. And if I've made that kind of difference in anybody's life, even in a single life, then I've accomplished my goal. How great shall be your joy. And if you do it to one person, then you can do it with so many more. So speaking yeah. of legacy, Elaine, what, what do you want your legacy to be? Yeah, what do you want to leave behind to the world? <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I'm actually glad you asked that question because I was like, oh, I wanted to say one more little thing. And that's what, for me, um, I don't have children. That's, you know, by choice, but I, I don't have children. So for me, thinking about every person's life who I touch, kind of like what Randy was saying, every person who I can uplift, who I can support, who I can empower. I like the term edify, you know, to build people up. I really like that term. Anybody whose life is better because I touch their life is part of my legacy. And the thing that they go on to do because they felt empowered or edified to do it, I get to say, I had a little tiny bit to do with that. And that, that makes me really happy because that's my footprint on the planet is my legacy is everybody who I can help to do what they want to do better whether that's through my speech therapy work, whether that was through my work as an English teacher, and whether it's through my work as a coach, that's part of my legacy. And that makes me really, really happy. Man, oh, that is that, awesome. You know, I, what I love about that, we're going through a multiple crisis right now in the world. Mm -hmm. Financial crisis, the pandemic, the mental health crisis, the social and racial upheaval, and so on. And, you know, sharing how to navigate through this crisis you know, the last key of the, of the seven keys navigating a crisis is just to be kind and to be of service. And I challenge people in every podcast interview that I do to, to so I've had, I've had some pushback where people say, you know what, I'm stressed already on my own. I'm overwhelmed. And you're asking me to go out and help somebody else. What am I, my brother's keeper? And I'm like, no, you're not your brother's keeper. You're your sister's keeper and your mother's keeper and your cousin's keeper and the neighbor's keeper and the homeless person's keeper and somebody on the far end of the planet because I promise you, no matter what, if you and I are talking and doing a podcast, we're better off than somebody else. I promise you that all you got to do is look around and find those opportunities to serve and to be kind to other people. So I kind of push back on that and I say, so go ahead and do it. Because when you do that, and Randy is the expert, of course, when we perform acts of kindness, that makes us happy. You know, it, flip, it's so true. Yeah. And on the flip side, happy people automatically help other people because that's what they do. So, they, you know, that's our, the, the idea of our podcast is, happiness and kindness you can't have one without the other because they're interconnected so your message today resonates 
a thousand percent of what we're talking about. It really does. And it's so easy, so easy to be kind. It's, it's not hard. In my book, The Kindness Giver's Formula, short, simple, straight to the point, but every day, determine to be a kindness giver. Every day, think of and plan ways to be, to be a kindness giver. Who are you going to be with? Where are you going to be? What you are going to be doing? What situations are you going to be in? Are there opportunities to be kind there? And then look for, yeah, then look for and act on those opportunities. Look for them. Put your kindness antennas up and be intentionally looking. That's the key thing. Be intentional about it. I understand the whole meaning behind random acts of kindness because we do have opportunities that present themselves that we haven't uh, expected. But at the same time, I think we should be doing intentional acts of kindness. We're looking for those opportunities. We're acting on them as they come. And they don't have to be grandiose. They can be as simple as smiling, like you're doing right now, Elaine. We love that. <laughs> you just did me a kindness. You lifted my heart. But it's simple as smiling or saying a kind word or holding a door, any of those things. So it's, it's, it's really easy. And the final thing, just invite and encourage other people to do the same thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Beautifully said. But, but when, you know, I think all three of us have, have a certain sphere of influence in our lives, mm-hmm. whether through social media or, or other ways. And we need to be the examples. Like it, it, it starts with us, right? We have to show up first. Yes. You yeah. can't expect somebody else to be kind of say, well, what, what does she do an act of kindness? I'm busy right now. No, <laughs> we have to like roll <laughs> up our sleeves. No, we do. We have to roll up our sleeves and get to work. Sorry. Right with you. Right. I've already hit my kindness quota today. Now I get to be mean the rest of the time. Yeah, it's otherwise okay. <laughs> we're being hypocrites. Otherwise hypocritical. So I, you know, so we, the, and that's part of our legacy for, for us, the three of us and people in our audience do it. Get out of your comfort zone. Sometimes kindness is not convenient. There are a lot of acts of kindness that I've done in my life and or acts of service that initially I was like, man, I don't have time for that. I can't drive all the way up there and do it. But when I've done the act of kindness and I'm coming home, I always have that warm feeling in my heart. So maybe yeah. my attitude is not perfect going into it, but coming back, it always feels good. Always. <laughs> that's, a, that's an absolute. Okay. We have one last. One last little last- section. Yeah, go ahead. Take the last question there. What is one thing about you, Elaine, that we would never guess, that no one would ever guess? Oh, <laughs> oh now you changed the question. Oh, I did. <laughs> no okay. one okay. would ever guess. That, no, okay, that we different. would never guess. <laughs> we'll, make it, we'll make it easier, that we would never guess. That you guys would never guess. Okay, so I'm going to guess that one of the things you would never guess about me is when I was younger, I played percussion. Now, it was wow. in a town band. It was not in a head-banging <laughs> hair band. <laughs> but I did play percussion, like the whole entire back of the band. I did timpani, cymbals, yeah. bells, a snare, wow. bass, the whole bit. You're right. I'm glad you clarified that thing about the hair because I was just picturing you, you know, with your head going up and down, fly, hair flying everywhere. But <laughs> <laughs> I do get that a lot. You have the hair for it. I'm like, yes, but my brain hurts inside if I do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, well, okay. So you had said, you had mentioned you and said you said you would like to ask us a question. What's your question for us? I would love to know the same thing. What are two things? No, we'll, we'll go with one. One each. One, one thing that I, I would never guess about both of you. Now, having read your entire LinkedIn profiles, and now we've chatted for a little bit, you're going to have to work a little bit on this. So, Elia, do you want to go first or do you want me to? Uh, either way, I, I can go. Um, go ahead. So, when I was younger, I was a 
23-time gold national champion swimmer wow. for my country. I was on the national team and swam, swam internationally, junior Olympics and so on. So yeah, that was, wow. that was my youth. My, uh, I, basically, I smell like chlorine for my whole youth. <laughs> you marinated in chlorine. I married, yes. Yeah, it was intense training, 11 months out of the year, six days a week, right? And we, had, we would take the August off to just to recoup, but basically, I, I smell like chlorine my entire life, yes. So there you have it. That's awesome. But I, I love it. I will give you that I would not have guessed that, although, you know, knowing you come from Greece and that's where the Olympics come from, yeah, I might have, but I'll, I'll give you yeah. that I wouldn't have All right, that. thank you. I passed it. <laughs> okay, so, all right, Randy. When I was in college, I was given an assignment to work with uh, two other uh, people to do an experiment. We had to do an experiment to determine how people reacted if you got too close to them. And we had to come up with different things, or if you acted in a way that was different than normal, that was out of the norm. And we had to come up with different things. Well, my, you know, the, the two other people came up with different ideas, and then we did mine. I rode a public bus, and in the bag, in a bag on the bus, I had some shorts and a shirt and a Superman cape that I had had when I, that I had had since I was five years old, my super little Superman cape, it was reversible, had Batman on one side and Superman on the other. So I dressed up like Superman on the bus. I mean, I, I, I got, the bus started going, I dressed up, pulled those clothes on and jumped up in the center aisle and acted like I was flying the bus. <laughs> and and so every time it would turn, I'd be like, or, or when the bus would go to stop, I'd stop the bus. So yeah, I have flown a public bus. <laughs> I would never, I would never, never guess I've this story before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll tell you, uh, the, look, the looks you get when you do something like that, they can be a little scary. If I did, I would never, I wouldn't dare do that now. I, okay. I, somebody, somebody pull out a, you know, somebody. First of all, we got we got social distancing. You couldn't do that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's all my right. one thing. Having said all that, to wrap this up, your biggest what are the three takeaways or the three pearls of wisdom to come out of Elaine's uh, soul and heart that you want to share with us? Okay, so we'll we'll be quick. We'll be concise. So okay. I like to encourage people to always continue learning. There's always going to be more things that you're going to be able to do in your life and more things you can know and more languages you can learn and everything. So do that. Keep learning, keep growing, keep becoming the even more amazing version of yourself. Um, this uh, I'm going to go with a technical one for this next one. In order to make a really good connection with your audience, always, always look at your camera when you're doing your videos on LinkedIn specifically. Always look at your camera because otherwise, if you're looking, Am I looking at it well enough now. It's harder to do in this kind of in this kind of setting because in order for me to actually look at either one of you, I have to look down at my screen. Yeah. But when you're recording a video, don't stare at yourself because you're missing that ability to connect yes. with somebody. Yes. So yeah. that's just the technical side that comes from my leadership presence coaching side of it. And I just have to get that out because it's a little tiny bit of a pet peeve. I'm like, you're missing the chance to really connect with your connect. audience. It's about connection. It's about connection. Yes. I know you're really pretty and I know that you're way more gorgeous than, you know, looking at me, but come on, look at me. <laughs> so, um, and then the third thing is just, you know, to speak you guys' language more is you can always be kind. So go ahead and do it. Oh, oh love that it. That was beautiful. 
What can you add to that? I mean, nothing. Just uh, we're grateful from the heart. I'm looking at the camera like you told me to. (laughs) So grateful to have you. Elaine, it has been so amazing having you on here today. We thank you. We can't thank you enough. We thank you from the bottom and the top of our hearts. It's really like talking to an old friend. You are so warm hearted. You come through the screen. I know you're in Redlands. He's in Iowa. I'm in Colorado. We're thousands of miles away. But it's, it's, the connection is so genuine, real, and authentic. I'm stunned. I'm, I'm, I feel grateful to be in your presence, honestly. And learn, you know, the 1%, of course, that you and I resonate with that. But the legacy phase, the, a description for a big part of our life, which usually happens in the second part of our life, that's something I will never forget. And now that I have a name to it, we'll continue to try to live up to this legacy phase. And we would like to thank our audience for joining us today. And so appreciate you being here with us. And we have another wonderful guest coming up next week, the amazing Nicole Glock. She's going to share some wonderful insights with us, like all of our guests do. We invite you to stay tuned for that. It'll be a great show. We appreciate you, and we invite you to have a wonderful rest of your weekend. One more thing, one more thing. Elaine, where can our audience find you? Oh, my goodness, yes. Yes, That's really important. Tell us where they can find you. Okay, That's part of the deal. (laughs) I'll just be a woman of mystery and you'll have to guess. No, (laughs) I actually say I am only on LinkedIn. I'm not on any other social media. I don't know how anyone has any time for anything else. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I say, come find me on LinkedIn, you know, LinkedIn slash IN slash Elaine Jacques all squished together and look for the red hair and a big smile. And you found me is typically what I say. So that's where I am. This has okay. been such a wonderful morning. Like, what a way to, to, to start our, uh, our Saturday, right, and our weekend. It's awesome. So thank you so much, and uh, we'll yeah. be in touch for sure. Thank you again. Thank you, Elaine. If you have suggestions for discussion topics, please visit anchor.fm slash kindness hyphen happiness and follow the instructions in our show description. Remember, kindness is a choice. And happiness is a choice always. So choose to be kind and choose to be happy today and good things will follow. Have a wonderful rest of your day.